Well, our moms think we're funny. So the the mother of the child um, was her name Judy uh, Judy so. Johnson. Um, Judy Judy Judy. I was actually thinking that. Yeah, <laughs> Judy Johnson. Okay, Judy Johnson was diagnosed and hospitalized for acute paranoid schizophrenia, and in 1986 was found dead in her home from complications of chronic alcoholism before the preliminary hearings concluded. Wow. She had a history of making wild accusations, of of suffering from paranoid schizophrenia, and apparently was also an alcoholic. But she says... My kid says this guy flew in the air and he was molested and they brought some farm animals and they fucked them too. Yeah, okay, crazy Judy, let's go investigate. We're going to investigate this. Well, I mean, I, I understand you need to investigate it, but making it public? Right. God, that's the problem. I mean, that, that man's life ruined. His career ruined everything. Yeah. Be- because of some crazy psycho bitch. That they knew was psycho. That they knew was psycho. That had a history of being a crazy psycho bitch. I completely agree with you. They do still need to investigate, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's important. Like, Because me knowing that, that you're a little off, uh, like unhinged, not me personally, but if I know you're a little unhinged, then that means that I, you know, I can do whatever I want. People are like, oh, I'm not going to believe her because she's crazy. Yeah, it may be crazy, but what I saw is what I saw, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I would never say don't investigate because it's like if, if you've got even the slightest chance of preventing that from happening to a kid, you you take it. Mm. But yeah, I mean, like, just allowing this guy's life to be destroyed because part of the purpose of an investigation is also to disprove it, right? Like, you you need to like clear this guy's name, which they they failed to do. So none of that's okay. That's... So I go back to the, the scene from Reservoir Dogs when they're like, what is like, we're beating this guy to find out what he knows. Like, you keep beating this prick, he's going to tell you he started the Great Chicago Fire. That don't necessarily make it fucking so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is why torture doesn't work. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, so when you go out there and you tell people like, you know, like, oh, we believe this may have happened and you're going to get inundated with claims and accusations, mm-hmm. right? And people that are just doing it just out of fear, I don't know. My child keeps telling me no, but they may be so scared. That I'm gonna say yes anyway, just mm-hmm. so I know. Again, just adding to the hysteria. And the only thing you've done is just created more problems for yourself. Yeah. And like, yeah. Well, it's also like, I mean, the the problem with a kid that young, a preschooler, it's like, oh, did did Mr. Robinson touch you? Touch you down there? Uh huh. Did he fly? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Are you a dinosaur? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Rawr! I mean, it's it's tough. God, just the the idea of a flying molester. <laughs> it's just it's killing me, man. <laughs> now I'm off. Wee! <laughs> I get you. <laughs> you can't escape me when I'm flying. Here I come. I mean, you can only imagine how many. Like, all he's doing is just dress like Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> he is set, dude. He I'm taking to Neverland. God damn, Michael Jackson ruined it for me. He ruined it. <laughs> Several hundred children were then interviewed by the Children's Institute International, a Los Angeles-based uh, abuse clinic, uh, abuse therapy clinic run by this person, right? Interviewing techniques uh, used during investigation of the allegations were highly suggestive and invited children to pretend or speculate about supposed events. By spring of 1984, it was claimed that 360 children had been abused. Uh, Astrid Heppenstall Hager performed medical examinations and took photos of what she believed to be minute scarring, which she stated was caused by anal penetration. Astrid. 
Uh, <laughs> journalists believe that her findings were based on a substantiated medical history. Uh, later research demonstrated that the methods of questioning used on the children were extremely suggestive, leading to false accusations. Others believe that the questioning itself may have led to false memory syndrome among children questioned. Only 41 of the original 360 children ultimately testified in the grand jury and pretrial hearings, and fewer than a dozen testified at the actual trials. <laughs> uh, Michael P. Maloney is a child psychologist and professor of psychiatry, reviewed videotapes of the children interviews. Maloney testifying as an expert witness on interviewing children was highly critical of the techniques used, referring to them as improper, coercive, directive, problematic, and adult-directed in a way that forced the children to follow a rigid script. He concluded that many of the kids' statements in the interviews were generated by the examiner. Transcripts and recordings of the interviews contained far more speech from the adults than children and demonstrated that, despite highly coercive interviewing techniques used, initially the children were resistant to interviewers' attempts to elicit disclosures. The recordings of the interviews were instrumental in the jury's refusal to convict by demonstrating how children could be coerced to giving vivid and dramatic testimonies without having experienced actual abuse. Hmm. So here we go. Bizarre allegations. I am not going to try not to read this whole thing, but some of the accusations were described as bizarre, overlapping with accusations that mirrored the emerging satanic ritual abuse panic. It was alleged that in addition to having been sexually abused, they saw witches fly, traveled in a hot air balloon, and were taken through underground tunnels. When shown a series of photographs by Danny Davis, the McMartin's lawyer, one child identified actor Chuck Norris as one of the abusers. I fucking knew it! Oh I my knew God. it! I never trusted him! Never! Walker, Texas Ranger, my ass! Chuck Norris was one of the abusers. God. I mean, who's gonna say no to Chuck Norris? He's like, I'm a child! And then, like, he's like, I'll spin kick you right in the head! <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and I want that ass. And we can do this the easy way, we can do it the hard way. <laughs> Booty. <laughs> man's butt. So, some of the abuse was uh, alleged to have occurred in secret tunnels beneath the school. Several excavations turned up evidence of old buildings on the site and other debris from before the school was built, but no evidence of any secret chambers or tunnels was found. No way. <laughs> there were claims of orgies at the car washes and airports and children being flushed down toys to secret rooms. <laughs> <laughs> Like someone's being afraid of being potty trained right here. Yeah. Uh, they flushed me down the toilet, put me to a secret room of the school. <laughs> and then they picked up, and then we flew away. <laughs> I mean, like, what the fuck, man? What kind of what kind of adventures are these kids having? Like, you, you get to meet witches, you get to fly in hot air balloons. Yeah, you have to put up with a little butt rape here and there. But, like, you get to go into secret castles under the school. When I was that age, I was just getting yelled at a lot. You know what this is? This is the origin of the magic school bus. <laughs> <laughs> With the frizz? No way. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, kids. Time to take the magic school bus down the secret tunnel. <laughs> I mean, tell me there are no parallels there. <laughs> I mean, they did spend an awful lot of time inside Arnold, so... <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like, I mean, sometimes you abuse them, sometimes you teach them stuff about the universe and the, and the body. So then it's kind of like, so what happened? Oh, today Miss Frizzle took us on the bus and we went inside and we learned all about the colon and the kidneys and how blood flows to the body. That's great. And uh, Oh, and then we also got abused. Like, <laughs> really? And just like you went inside the blood and you saw the venture of the heart? We really, we did. <laughs> Like, okay, have fun. Oh, he's such a scamp. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, so uh, claims of orgies at the car washes and airports and children being flushed down toilets to secret rooms where they would be abused and cleaned up and presented back to the parents. Orgy at the car wash is my new band. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pancake Disco, move over. Here comes the orgies at the car wash. <laughs> Soap and suds. <laughs> the opening track to that one is going to be called Wax Off. No. <laughs> Yeah, you should have the first song should be wax on and the last song should be wax off. <laughs> but it's W-H-A-C-K-S. <laughs> <laughs> or you have to call watch a new album, Soap and Suds. <laughs> uh, that's just so great. <laughs> uh, and you guys could uh, go on tour with the band Wax. Yeah. <laughs> They, they join us on stage for the closing track. All right, so uh, some child interviews uh, talked of a game called Naked Movie Star and suggest they were forcibly photographed nude. During trial testimony, some children stated that the Naked Movie Star game was actually a rhyming taunt used to tease other children. What you say is what you are. You're a naked movie star. It had nothing to do with having naked pictures taken. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Judy Johnson, who made the initial allegations, made bizarre and impossible statements about Raymond Buckley, including he could fly. Because, you know, the guy spent time in prison, so if he could fly... <laughs> I mean... If he I'm could getting fly, over the gate! <laughs> again, if he could fly... <laughs> like, like it, was he just never allowed out in the yard, or like... <laughs> well, you know, they got these big ball and chains around the ankle. <laughs> He's the reason that was a thing. Oh, yeah, because he was like, man, I want you flying off there... Many prisoners told fond stories of him out in the yard going <laughs> at the end of his ball and chain. Now, we're, we're, we're making light of all this, but I'm just going to inject something really serious here, which is Raymond Bucky, the boy who could not fly, who was arrested and thrown in prison under allegations of child abuse, mm-hmm. was severely mistreated in prison mm-hmm. for some shit that he did not do. Mm-hmm. You know that he was abused like hell. I've I've heard a lot of stories about how how pedophiles are treated in prison, which I told you I haven't mentioned it on the podcast, but I've discovered uh, former jewel thief Larry Lawton and his incredibly entertaining YouTube channel. Oh. Seems like one of the genuinely nicest guys out there. I, I absolutely love his videos, but he had a video dedicated to some of what he saw happen to accused child molesters. In prison. There's a including like getting a floor buffer dropped on your head from the second floor. <laughs> Whole guy's right just entire right half of his body just crushed. Oof. So it's like imagine that happening to it's like, yeah, if he was a real child molester, sure, whatever, I don't give a shit, but an innocent man that happening to, I'm not down with that. Yeah. So there's a movie I ended up watching most of not so long ago. It's just one of those things where I was just trying to figure out where it's going, and I can't think of the name of it right now. Um it was because it was what they called the one guy in prison um and that was the name of the movie um it was it was a it was a weird like um like like something hands i, I can't even think it'll, it'll, it'll come to me mr hands <laughs> no um but uh because it was because it was the weird title that was like what is this right and it's from the 70s but it's the story it was written by a prisoner um that told us you know I wrote this this movie. You know, I think it was a play first about shit that happened in prison, and there was a guy that went in there. It was like how the the prison was separating the different factions and stuff, mm-hmm. and you know the 
prison rape and stuff and how this guy went in there and how they discovered this guy had was actually in there for like supposedly molesting a child and how people turned on turned on him and he was like that's not what happened and then he was trying to explain things away and then um then like the people that were kind of like took him in to kind of show him the ropes and stuff like that and you know you know mm-hmm. protect him before they figured out what was going on like they were like oh now you're protecting the little the the child molester mm-hmm. right it's like you got you did that so you need to like show us that you're not down with that i'm like well obviously none of us knew this what this guy was but you know the prison rules like you don't you know, yeah, think about yeah. shit so in the end, they like slit this guy's throat and like mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was, it was all kinds of fucked up. Um, and, yep. Uh, yep. and then, uh, and it was like, I think it turns out he either didn't do it or something, but like when they cut his throat and everything, like he was set to be released, like just before that, like right after that, like they word came through to like, he actually hadn't done anything or something. It mm-hmm. was, it was, mm-hmm. it was all kinds of fucked up, but yeah. So this guy here suffered all kinds of abuse. Because of this fucking crazy bitch and people believing that, you know, all the shit that, that, you know, like, oh, the secret tunnels and being flushed and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff that could easily be dis- uh, disproven. Mm-hmm. But that, that whole like mob mentality, satanic panic was just whipping everybody into his frenzy and they just kept ignoring the obvious and what they, where they, you know, if you watch CSI, they always go, well, in the Vegas one, they always go, you know, it's not our job to determine right or wrong, right? Mm-hmm. It's, to find the evidence. The evidence speaks for itself. Yep. And, yep. Yep. you know, the evidence was not pointing to that, but they still kind of went through all this stuff. So anyway, so Judy Johnson, who made the uh, initial allegations, made bizarre and impossible statements about Raymond Buckley and uh, Bucky, including that he could fly. Though the prosecution asserted Johnson's mental illness was caused by the events of the trial, Johnson admitted to them that she was mentally ill beforehand. <laughs> evidence of Johnson's mental illness was withheld from the defense for three years and when provided, was in the form of sanitized reports that excluded Johnson's statements at the order of the prosecution. Well, that's illegal. One of the original prosecutors left the case and protested that other prosecutors had withheld evidence from the defense, including the information that Johnson's son did not actually identify Ray Bucky in a series of photographs. This uh, Stevens also accused uh, uh, somebody else, a deputy district attorney, on the case of lying and withholding evidence from the court and defense lawyers in order to keep Bucky in jail and prevent access to exonerating evidence. So if you know somebody is innocent, mm-hmm. not not that, that you just can't prove they're guilty, but if you know they're innocent, mm-hmm. why would you continue to withhold information? I don't know. It's uh, It's disgustingly common. Yeah. Disgustingly common. So, so they end up arresting everybody. So, um, on March 22nd, 1984, Virginia McMartin, Peggy McMartin, uh, Bucky, Ray Bucky, Ray's sister, Peggy and Bucky, and teachers Mary Ann Jackson, Betty uh, Raider, and Babette Spittler were charged with 115 counts of child abuse, later expanded to 321 counts of child abuse, including 48 children. So it's not just that you went to prison, right, while mm-hmm. awaiting trial on a child abuse charge, but 321 counts of child abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you probably had every dick in that prison in your body. Yep. At one, you know, like over the course of like the years you spent there. Well, plus, I mean, just like getting stabbed. Not not all shivings are are going to be fatal. Yeah, I mean, like that. There, there have. There's often times where you can just get jumped in prison specifically for the purpose of just getting sent to the hospital. Mm. Uh, you know, and you know, sometimes it's not even about, like, it's, it's you know, like, 
you're a bad person. I can, I can, you know, show that I'm not one to be fucked with by doing something to a bad person. You know, like people don't like you. I can beat your shit out of you or stab you or something like that. And it's going to be okay, but it also makes my Dun and Broad Street go up. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me look like a good, like a good guy. Oh yeah. Plus it's like, if you decide to, to get friendly with, with some of the gangs in the prisons, then you're going to be expected to earn your bones. They're clearly going to pick on this school teacher. <laughs> like even even throwing the accusations aside, it's like, okay, well, this guy's an easy target. Yeah, stab him, rape him up the ass, whatever. So, in nineteen eighty six, a new district attorney called the evidence incredibly weak and dropped all charges against Virginia McMartin, Peggy Ann Bucky, Mary Ann Jackson, Betty Rader, Babette Spitler, um, uh, Peggy McMartin Bucky, and Ray Bucky remained in custody awaiting trial. Peggy Martin's bail had been set at $1 million and Ray Bucky had been denied bail. So even though, like, even though I, like, you've dropped the charges, right? That doesn't exonerate me in the eyes of people. Mm-hmm. Like, you dropped the charges, but people are still going to look at me like you're guilty of something. I don't know what it is, but I believe that you're guilty of something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, well, shit, I'm, like, like you've charged me. I can't win. Like it doesn't really. You know, it's, it's like when a uh, when a big company gets charged with something, some kind of scandal, and they come on, be like, "Oh yeah, this never happened, right?" And now we've proved that it didn't happen. We won a trial, but like you only once you got money because mm-hmm. you had more money than those poor people you took advantage of. Uh, no, it's because like we never did anything wrong, but they don't hear that. Yep, and that's why so many like uh, businesses they'll say that go, "Okay, what is?" Let's take a look at this and say. If we were to just give them a settlement, just pay them something just to get, make them go away, how quickly can we wash this away and swipe it away and before it becomes a big deal? Mm-hmm. But then when you do that, right, it's like, oh, well, you paid them off because it's true to keep them quiet. No, because if I actually go to trial, it's going to cost me eight times as much to prove my innocence than it would be just to just give them a little something and send them on their way, mm-hmm. which people take advantage of. It's like, oh, this is how I can make some quick cash by doing this oh yeah and then they're gonna pay me off you know just to make it all go away and just so i don't like make a bigger stink and like like that's bullshit that's total bullshit those people need to have their fucking feet cut off well you know my my torture thing they cut off their heels yep you know cut off their toes and their heels like you can still walk but you won't do it well (laughs) yeah yeah so i'm like like that that is some serious Serious, serious bullshit. Yeah, it totally is. It totally is. So, I'm just like, oh. I mean, like, the satanic panic thing to me is just laughable. It's like, I, I remember, because, like, Jack Chick, that was a big thing for him. He really rode on the coattails of that back in the 80s of, like, oh, D&D is, is satanic. And I, if I recall correctly, there was some kind of, like, hysterical story of some chick who got upset when her character died, so she killed herself. I mean, which shows that she wasn't a real D and D player. Because if anybody really is that upset about their character dying, then you just write two on the character's name. On the sheet. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm Drow Leaf too. <laughs> I'm Scuba Sam, Scuba Steve's father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
but I mean, it just shows that you don't really have much of a life yeah. if you put so much of yourself into that character to where, like, when they quote die, but like, I don't have anything to live for. <laughs> it's well, my <laughs> fault she dies. <laughs> like, me- meanwhile, like real D and D players are like, oh yeah, I'm I'm Drow Moon Junior. <laughs> I'm here to avenge my father. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trained as a rogue just like him. I have his sword. I inherited it when he died. <laughs> And his plus one. <laughs> yes. I even have his proficiency bonus. I, I, I did get that right, DM. <laughs> but, like, the accusation during the Satanic Panic for D&D was that, like, oh, they use real spells because, oh, see, D&D has warding spells. Real Satanists have warding spells. and just all that kind of shit where it's like, oh, D&D calls it cantrips. Real magicians call it cantrips. It was that kind of bullshit. So, Jack Chick, I, I, and I read the interview, he, he got somebody who was formerly a high priest in the Church of Satan, and then with, converted to Christianity. He was interviewing him, and he was like, isn't it true that, uh, which I believe it was TSG at the time, not Wizards of the Coast, but it's like, is, isn't it true that the... T, uh, TSR? TSR, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... He's like, isn't it true that this company interviewed you to make sure they had the names of the spells right? He was like, well, yeah, they, they did do that. They did want to make sure that they were calling the right spell the right spell. He was like, ah, you see? And weren't you an avid D&D player? He was like, no, the reason I joined the Church of Satan was because I didn't want to play games about casting spells. I wanted to actually cast the spells. <laughs> so I've never played D&D. I thought that was lame. <laughs> you know, one thing I, I, never, I never understood is, okay, so... These people, they have real magic powers. Okay, so first off, first off, I'm just going to say, if you actually knew a a real witch, right? Someone that actually had real power. So here it is. I'm a Christian, right? I need something to happen. I'm like, I'm going to pray to God. I'm going to pray to God every night, you know, like, like several times a day. Please, God, you know, please help me to find a new job. Please help me to get this house. Please, God, you know, help me to, to be able to, to pay my bills, you know, at the end of the month. And, and only that, I'm going to go to church and they're going to, you know, then church is going to ask, like, you know, uh, Brother 182 has been having, you know, some financial problems. And if we can all just, just pray for them, right? And guess what? At the end of the month, I still might not get a new job, a new house to be able to pay my bills. But little Anita Witchcraft across the street there, she's rolling and shit, right? <laughs> That would kind of make me think that maybe, maybe I'm back in the wrong horse. Like, yeah, but, but, you, but you're going to get it back in the end when you go to heaven. Yeah, it's great, but I'm going to be homeless at the end of the week, right? <laughs> so, you I mean. lay that up for yourself, treasures on earth. It's like, I don't want treasures. I want to be able to afford gas and food at the same time. Yeah, so. That's not much to ask for. So, if this person really, really can cast spells and do all kind of shit, when you come knocking on the door, they're like, we're here to arrest you. Eh, how's a frog going to arrest me? How's a rabbit? <laughs> if they really had power, you wouldn't be able to touch them. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't have, like, parking tickets or speeding tickets, you know? Like, they wouldn't be living in some shitty-ass apartment, you know? Like, I live I live above a bowling alley beneath another bowling alley. Like, no. <laughs> like, if they really had powers, they wouldn't be doing this kind of shit. If this guy really could fly, if he had powers, if he were doing all kinds of witchcraft and shit, he wouldn't have gotten arrested. Yeah. Not like that, him but like, like, we heard you arrested these, that you've been molesting these kids. I'm sorry, you heard what? <laughs> I, 
I'm sorry, I, I heard what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, it's like, come well, on. see, I'm going to fly away now. <laughs> <laughs> if these people, I mean, if these people really had powers, you wouldn't be able to, and it's like, oh, but they can't do anything to help themselves. Then motherfucker, I don't need it. They'd be like me working a job to earn money that I, they didn't go into my account. Right. Yeah, but see, but, but the, the money that you earn from working here goes into other people's accounts that are less fortunate. Motherfucker, I'm less fortunate! <laughs> <laughs> I earn everything in my account! Because of the money I make, goes that fucker's account! <laughs> like, like, I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna, like, do spells and worship some kind of, like, weird-ass, like, goat farm, like, goat deity or whatever <laughs> to, to, to put good vibes into, like, the universe that will eventually come back around me. How about they come back around to me now? <laughs> yeah. That's just I, some stupid I think, shit. I think it's funny that uh, everybody's all about the, the goat-headed thing, Baphomet, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's the depiction of Satan, but nobody depicts it the way it actually looks in the original art. Which is with like a rocking set of like C cup tits. I, I the only thing I can imagine is is like here's Baphomet with the big goat head, and they come over to you and like you just slowly stick your hand out with some pelts and he's like, no. <laughs> keep your hand, keep your palms flat now. <laughs> he's a biter. Uh, yeah. Um. I mean, I get why people think goats are, are evil. When you look at their eyes, it's like, oh, that's that's fucking freaky, man. Yeah, you know what? You know what's what's fucking evil about goats? Are the Every ones that they're the ones that can climb up the sides of those mountains? Oh yeah. Like, like, how the fuck this, did you get here? It's an eighty-eight degree slope. I can do this. And, this. and I mean, I get that they're goats, they're animals, right? So they don't have like fear of heights and shit. But like, motherfucker, this don't make no sense. Like, <laughs> why are you here? What is on the side of this cliff? Like, there could be like a billion dollars and like five like hot naked chicks dangling there with a proof of purchase for each one of them, right? And like, all you gotta do is just just scale down the thing and get them. I'll be like, no, thank you. I'm going home. <laughs> so I can't imagine what is on that cliff that goes like, meh. <laughs> like, it's the, no. mad, it's the mad part about it is that it's like, hmm, grass. <laughs> grass up here guys <laughs> all the way up there I, I can see it I can smell it <laughs> How, how'd you get up there to try the grass I walked <laughs> oh man straight line is the quickest possible way between two points uh, so okay so they had the trial first the first trial started on night in 1987 hmm. so like the first accusation came in like 82 83. Trial doesn't go. So this guy's been in prison for four years awaiting trial. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that those people that beat the shit out of him and abused him and fucked him, know those guys are like, you know, dear Ray Bucky, it's me, Snake Shank. You remember I was like number three in that shower rape? And then I came to you later on and then I raped you again. And then I beat you up and I stabbed you a couple times. And then I raped you again. It was only because I thought that you were a child molester, I now know that I was wrong and I'm sorry for all the times that I beat you and shanked you and raped you. Sorry about that time I broke your ribs. It was fun at the time and I did enjoy it, but I do realize it was wrong. And there were other child molesters that I could have been raping and shanking and and beating up if I had known that you were actually innocent. Please do forgive me. I mean, you you know that Roscoe though, he's a fighter. You didn't put up a fight. (laughs) I mean, I mean, like, really, like, 
Like, oh man, do you guys read the news? Remember that guy we used to like just beat the shit out of and rape and fuck and just beat the shit out of and everything? We'd take his food and everything and just eat it. Oh man, he was innocent. Get the fuck out! <laughs> that nigga was innocent? Oh, Girl, get out of here. Damn. Oh shit. <laughs> but his ass was good as motherfucker though. Tight ass, even though he couldn't fly, did you know he couldn't fly? <laughs> And not when he was on my dick, he couldn't. <laughs> but I tell you what, <laughs> when he was sucking my dick, I could fly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like, dude, none of those people are going to be like, yeah, sucks to be him. Actually, when he was here, it sucked to be me. <laughs> that don't make no sense. So, so defense attempted to rebuke the... Uh, so, sorry, during the trial, the prosecution presented seven, uh, seven medical witnesses... Uh, defense tried to, try to rebuke them. Um, the witnesses, but the judge uh, limited them to one in order to save time. Um, anyway, so all this shit goes through, and they go through all the videotapes, and um, and then there's apparently a perjury by confession. Uh, jailhouse informant uh, George Freeman was called as a witness to testify that Ray Bucky had confessed to him while sharing a cell. Freeman later attempted to flee the country and confessed to perjury in a series of criminal cases in which he manufactured testimony in exchange for favorable treatment by the prosecution. And several insists fabricating jailhouse confessions of other inmates. In order to guarantee his testimony during the McMartin trial, Freeman was given immunity to previous charges of perjury. So he lied to get out of the lies he had told before. I think if you lie on the stand, especially when you're a cop... Well, he was, he was just a prison snitch. Oh, just a prison snitch. Okay. Yeah. But he lied in other prison snitch cases, right? Yeah. Giving these fake jail, like, uh, cell, um, confessions, right? And, and so he had charges for that, but he's like, I'm gonna tell you what happened if you guys get rid of these other ones. He's like, you're not gonna lie, you know? No, 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 I swear, I swear. Definitely not me, lie? Well, I mean, snitches get snitches. I'm sure he got the ever loving shit stabbed out of him. I want to tell you right now, if I was in prison, right? Different problems. I would, you know, I wouldn't confess to people. I would always maintain my innocence, you know, even if I was guilty, right? Mm-hmm. But if I was actually guilty, if I actually did do some kind of like rape of any kind, like male, female, child, animal, like vegetable, mineral, like, you know, yeah, like I fucked my car without its consent. I'm not telling anybody, nobody. I'm not going to confess in the middle of the night to somebody like, yeah, I really did. I'm not telling <laughs> nobody, hey. nobody. Hey, Spider, can I tell you a secret? Promise not to tell anybody. Man, you know you can trust me, man. We've been in cell like together for what, like like three weeks? And I only like beat you out, you raped you a couple times, man. You know, I watch you back so no one else can rape you because I don't want them to wear you out. You know you can trust me. <laughs> Didn't I let you suck Crazy Roscoe's dick while I watched? <laughs> I was like, oh man, so you really are guilty? That's all right, man. I'll still beat you up. <laughs> hey, you thirsty? Cause I gotta go pee. But apparently, what they do is like you they, they go. Yes, <laughs> yes I am. <laughs> yes I am. <laughs> go ahead. Apparently, what they do, which is what Spider said too. <laughs> um, apparently, what they do is. Um, like, with with most crimes, they'll just let you bring your paperwork into jail with you. Uh, but when it comes to stuff like... Or no, 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 they, no they don't remember I'm wrong. No, they, they don't let you bring in your paperwork to prison. But certain certain prisoners on good behavior have access to, uh, to, like, contacts with the outside or people who have access to, like, legal paperwork. So they'll just pull the paperwork. 
So, like, you don't keep it under wraps. Yeah, and then the guards, if you're in there for something like that, like, they will tell people, like, oh, hey, this mm-hmm. guy's in there for this, so make sure you treat him real good. Yep. You yep. know? I mean, I don't want to go to prison at all. I don't. I don't want to go to prison at all. Um, but there's a, but if I got sent to prison, there's a couple things I don't want to go to prison for. One is I don't want to go to prison for any kind of armed robbery, in which case I have like thousands of dollars <laughs> that were never found. Mm-hmm. Because then people are going to fucking abuse me or try to take advantage of me to get some of the thousands of dollars when I get out, right? Or they're going to be like, I got shit that needs to be done on the inside. You can bring me some stuff, you know, from the outside inside because you got thousands of dollars you're sitting on. Like, no. Mm-hmm. And then I don't want anything involved with the other stuff we just talked about because, oh, yeah. yeah, no. I mean, just like, you know, what are you here for? Uh, she goes, I like had a car accident and I wrecked somebody's car. Nobody was hurt or anything, but I didn't have insurance. <laughs> that, that's it. They like, you know, credit card fraud. I stole some shit from Target, you know. Uh, <laughs> a friend came from out of town and it was like, I ran a gas. It wasn't my fault, I swear to God. <laughs> I mean, tax evasion? I don't, yeah. I don't think I'd want tax evasion. Yeah, I was like, well, I didn't really evade it. I just didn't pay. I was trying to stick it to the man. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, like, yeah, you're you're not going to keep that kind of shit under wraps. That's... So anyway, so they finally, um, they finally were able to prove that, you know, none of this shit actually happened. And it all started with the... Uh, with the the crazy ass woman just lighting this powder keg of bullshit, um, and then them knowing that she was crazy, and then that none of this shit happened. And I mean, just when you when you talk to the kids, so okay, so tell me what happened. And then like they they flush me down the toilet into like a secret cave. Okay, all right, thank you. Next, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just show of hands, how many other kids were flushed down the toilet into the secret tunnels? Okay, you all can go home. <laughs> okay, so out of you guys left, it's going to be like a game of guess who. How many of you guys saw Mr. Bucky fly? Go home. Okay. <laughs> and you guys went flying in a hot air balloon? Go home. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and uh, saw sex with animals and everything? Go home. I mean, the, just I'm like... I'm like, come on, man. Really? Just. I mean, plus, it's it's kind of, I mean, as far as, like, the whole, like, animal thing, it's like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's take this guy into a room, let's leave him with, like, okay, here's here's a big box of porn, here's some pictures of farm animals. So We're going to leave for about 20 minutes. <laughs> you so do your thing. It says here. The case lasted seven years and cost $15 million, the longest and most expensive criminal case in the history of the United States legal system, and ultimately resulted in no convictions. Now, you have to remember, though, that the people defending themselves, right, they have to pay their attorney and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and they don't have jobs or anything else. Like, all that stuff is gone. They have nothing to pay these people with. Mm-hmm. So, after everything I've been, I've been accused of and abused from and everything else, I still have to pay somebody with money I don't have. And guess what? I'm not going to get a job, especially not working with kids again. Yeah. Plus, I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't want to work with those little fuckers. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not their fault, but still. I mean... Where were you when I needed you? Why did you back me up? So, I, I don't have a job. been in prison. I've been abused. I've got all kinds of mental and physical scars. i got to pay the attorney for shit that I... They, like, my life is fucked. 
Mm-hmm. My, my life is fucked. From the time is ruined. From the time the police showed up and said, we would like to talk to you about allegations, you should have just put a fucking bullet to your head. Yeah. Because there was no way you were going to make your, make it out of that alive. Yeah. Uh, I would never work with kids, man. Never. Because it doesn't matter how careful you are. Yeah. Just one wrong word, you know. So, the, uh, so um, the school preschool was closed and the building was dismantled. <laughs> In 2005, one of the children, uh, as an adult, retracted the allegations of abuse. Never did anyone do anything to me, and I never saw them do anything. I said a lot of things that didn't happen, I lied. Anytime I would give them an answer that they didn't like, they would ask again, encourage me to give them the answer they were looking for. I felt uncomfortable and a little ashamed, and I was being dishonest. But at the same time, being the type of person I was, whatever my parents wanted me to do, I would do. Uh, let's see. Uh, in the Devlin Nursery, Margaret Talbot for the New York Times summarized the case. When you once believe something that now strikes you as absurd, even unhinged, it can be almost impossible to summon that feeling of credulity, credulity again. Maybe that's why it's easier for most people most forget rather than to try to explain the satanic abuse scare that gripped the country in the early 80s. The myth that devil worshippers had set, upon, uh, set up shop in our daycare centers where their cleverer uh, adepts were raping and sodomizing children, practicing ritual sacrifice, shedding their clothes, drinking blood, and eating feces, all unnoticed by parents, neighbors, and authorities. I think I would notice when I was like, I'm sorry, um, it's just me. It's just, just Ray Bucky, a horrible breath. Oh my gosh, like he's been eating shit all day. <laughs> I didn't, I, I thought, you know, maybe it was just like one thing. Maybe he just had like bad oral hygiene, but no, it looks like, and I thought I saw like a little, little bit of brownie. I, I thought maybe like they, like kid mentioned they had s'mores at lunchtime. So I thought maybe, but <laughs> now that you mention it, he ain't even eating shit. Like, come on, man. There's no, you can't eat shit and not have shit breath. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I can take a shit. I can wipe my ass. I can shower, right? And it's still going to be like a slight trace of, ooh, <laughs> down there. I mean, so uh, so if I was eating it, like, hmm, let's go ahead and get myself a hot dog bun. Nice Ugh. little turd there. Oh. Some ketchup and mustard on it. Hmm. <laughs> shit dogs. These are great. But, like, your breath is going to smell like shit. I'm just, just, ugh. So, anyway, yeah, it's like, but all of this, all of this all came from that whole satanic panic thing that mm-hmm. was prevalent in the 80s where people just lost their fucking minds as soon as you mentioned anything about Satanism, right? They were like, it's real, it's real. Procter and Gamble, that's where they, that's, that was the only detergent they would use at the McMartin preschool to wash all the kids' clothes and get rid of the blood <laughs> and the feces and the animal hair. I'm like, well, shit, if it's that good, I'm going to buy some Procter & Gamble products. <laughs> shit, that shit cleans like the devil. <laughs> so, continued allegations of secret tunnels. In 1990, parents who believed their children had been abused at the preschool hired archaeologist E. Gary Stickle to investigate the site. In May 1990, Stickle claimed he found evidence of tunnels consistent with the children's ac- uh, accounts under the McMartin preschool using ground-penetrating radar, as opposed to when the police were there and searched the entire place and found no tunnels. Yeah. You know? Uh, others have disagreed with Stickle's Stickle's conclusions. Uh, John Earl wrote in 1995, the concrete slab floor was undisturbed except for a small patch where the sewer line was tapped into. Once the slab was removed, there were no signs of any materials to line up or hold any tunnels, and the concrete floor would have made it impossible for the defendants to fill in any tunnels once the... To fill in any tunnels once the abuse investigation began, the article concluded that dis- that disturbed soil under the slab was from the sewer line and construction filled uh, and construction fill buried under the slab before it was poured. 
Further, Orr noted that some fill from beneath the concrete slab was dated to the year 1940. Uh, see, in Joseph White, W. Joseph White's 2002 report concluded that the so-called tunnels in the preschool were more plausibly explained as a series of adjacent rubbish pits used by the owners of the site before the preschool's construction in 1966. Materials found during the excavation included bottles predominantly dated to the 1930s and 40s, as well as tin can fragments, plywood, inner tubes, professionally butchered livestock bones, four small containers of trash, and a former owner's uh, old mailbox. And a former owner's old mailbox. Only three small items were found near the edge of the concrete slab were dated after 1966. Why I suggested one of these, a fragment of plastic snack bag, was most likely dragged into the pit by rats or other scavengers. Just as Stickle himself had suggested it likely happened for other debris that didn't fit in his tunnel theory. The remaining items uh, per white had likely been left by a plumber digging through the adjacent to the building to avoid damaging the concrete slab. Hmm. So, yeah. So these people's, their lives were just completely ruined. Just irreparably ruined. Right. And because of a crazy bitch, but not just because of a crazy bitch, also because of this this weird phenomenon that just swept through the 80s along with everything else. Mm-hmm. And like I said, and you don't really hear about this stuff in the 80s, like when they talk about stuff, like it's always has to be like specific, like now we're going to talk about this case yeah. or this situation here or satanic panic, but you don't lump all that together with Wall Street, that the like the new like music movement um the like the fall of Russia or the uh, tearing down of the Berlin Wall the the uh Russia like kind of switching over you know, during the perestroika and I like all that stuff like the 80s were like fucking chaotic man I think the- plus the the sorry plus I was say just the whole thing of like nuclear war like we're always on the brink of nuclear war you know yeah. and I think the best term to describe all of that shit is fear mongering Oh, most definitely. The 80s was a decade of fear-mongering. That's, that's the catch-all that, that gets everything. The satanic stuff, the, the morality stuff, the nuclear stuff. It's all just fear-mongering. It's, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, since we were talking about that, and I was like, like, I want to talk about this whole thing because it's just, it's wild to even realize that something like that occurred. And you think, oh, yeah. And you would think that, you know, well, something like that, you know, can't, it can't happen again. Like this, like, we're, we're smarter than that. We know better. But like, yeah, we really mm. don't. It will never happen over religious stuff just because religion's not really in the forefront anymore. So you're, you're never going to see people go, this is a problem because it's satanic. But. Is it really so different than than what we're doing now? Oh, this, you know, this this guy's this guy's evil. He's a Nazi. He's a fascist. He's a racist. He's whatever. Uh, if you wouldn't mind looking at the article on Google, I mean, that's an article. It's an ad. AI Studio's best AI human video generator. Now you were doing the 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 generation earlier for like mm-hmm. our podcast episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you were doing that on your phone. Yeah. I was not doing that on my phone. Yep. But yet I have an ad for AI generator on my phone. Uh-huh. Listen to me much, Google, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah, hey, he's Zuckerberg. Why don't you KYS, you virgin? Uh, so anyway. Uh, yeah, that, so anyway, all that stuff is just, it's absolutely just 
crazy. But yeah, you like you said, it's fear mongering. It's absolute fear mongering, mm-hmm. and just like like what in the hell? But yeah, it's it's wild. It's crazy, and that shit went on. I mean, it's. I mean, you and I, like you, you know, we kind of we we lived in the eighties. We you know we. Uh, they didn't kind of grow up in the 80s, but, you know, we were in the 80s, you know, so this is the kind of stuff that was, even though we maybe not have been fully cognizant of what was going on, mm-hmm. like that pressure from other, you know, from the people around us, you know, you feel that and that shapes you, man. It's like, like a, like a weird societal diamond, mm-hmm. you know, like you may not realize what's going on, you know, but you feel that pressure and it shapes you into who you are. And then later you realize that, oh, well, this is why, yep. you know, yep. wow, okay. <laughs> Oh, that explains it. Yeah. Gee, why did so many people do coke in the 80s? Hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I would too. Yeah. <laughs> so that is a uh, that's our episode about uh, about satanic panic and uh, just how it kind of swept through the 80s. You know, it, it was kind of fueled with the things that were going on in the 70s, but it really took hold and then just just blossomed. Yeah. You know. Like uh, like Mayan Bialik in the eighties. So, yep. Yeah, so, uh, th- thanks for stopping by the concert. We are uh, orgy at the car wash. And we got some merch in the back. So, uh, drinks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. Bye. <laughs> I was saying, my name is Trickman eighty two. Oh yeah, I'm a Comey. <laughs> and uh, thank you all very much for our trip down memory lane. Yeah. And. Uh, and uh, see, that first article was uh, from Astra Obscura, I believe is where I read that from. And mm-hmm. then, of course, the other one was just a McMartin trial that I just kind of like, read through from Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh, Atlas Obscura. I'm sorry, Atlas Obscura. Yep, yep. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we love you guys. We cannot fly. Don't go near Turk's toilet. Yeah. Um, and uh, this, this Coke is weak as shit. Please, God, make me a bird so I can... Bye, everyone. Bye. All right there, folks. That was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.